welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashergro, and joining me in the studio today is Miss Abby Mays. Abby is an RD slash LDN for West Tennessee Healthcare and is also a clinical dietitian. Abby, how's it going today? Doing good. How are you, Will? Pretty great. Thanks for coming in today. So we're going to be talking about Child Health Month uh, and folding in some nutrition along along those lines into this podcast. So can you just kind of tell me what Child Health Month is? Uh, when is it? And uh, we'll kind of go to it from there. Child Health Month is the month of October. Okay. And actually, Child Nutrition Month is the month of August. Okay. So um, just a couple of thoughts on our pediatric service line was we would just kind of combine the two and get this podcast out there to give some good information to people. So this is being recorded on October 18th. This might not necessarily come out in October. Obviously, it won't come out in August, but child health and nutrition is important year-round, not just in October. So, yeah, this is great to talk about no matter when. So what does healthy eating look like? You know, that's a really good question. And healthy eating has so many different views. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really just dependent on the day, I feel like. Healthy eating one day may be full course meal, protein, vegetables, fruits, grains, Mm -hmm. good milk for young kids. Other times it may be chicken nuggets in the air fryer and hopefully a side of green beans. We want healthy eating to just be very dependent on what your situation for that day looks like. Okay. Try to be reasonable for making healthier choices. Okay. What are some modifications that can be made to make meals healthier? So I like to tell a lot of my my patients to think about the my plate. Mm -hmm. I think Will is going to tag this little website for us today. Yep, it'll be in the description. Good. It is myplate.gov. That is made by the USDA. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool, a great resource and example for What are good modifications? What are good healthier choices to make? Another thing that I like to tell a lot of my patients is balance is key. Okay. Right? We just have to help kids be open to trying new and different things. When modifications can't be made right on the fly, we have to think about their overall health. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, this is a side plug for infants, I always tell my baby uh, parents that when we introduce foods start with vegetables first okay and then introduce fruits because if the mouth and the palate is used to sweeter things first we typically don't like the blander oh, things that vegetables have to offer to that, us wow that makes sense yes um so if here. that carries on through childhood and kids regress sometimes mm-hmm. uh, vegetables become a pickier things for kids If we need to make a modification because they're not open to eating a vegetable, do it in fruit form, Mm -hmm. but make sure that it's not juice. If we're looking to supplement some fiber in the diet, clementines or the cuties are a good source of fiber. Okay. Vitamin C, 
that could be a strawberry. All right. That's all things that we can find on the my plate or talking to your local dietitian. Reach out to me if that's something that you need. But modifications are always out there and available. Okay, awesome. Uh, I've been doing these podcasts for a while, and several people I've interviewed, whether on mic or not, or doing videos or something. I've always seen me back. We've done several cooking videos over the last right. year or so, and typically they're always pretty colorful. Mm-hmm. Now, do colors mean different things or? Uh, have any certain significance for healthy eating? Yes, that's a good question. Red typically is good for the heart. You think heart month, things like that. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Yes. Blue and purple is good for memory and healthy aging. Okay. Orange and yellow are good for the eyes. So think carrots. Oh, yeah. Um, My mom used to trick me. Uh, when I was a kid, saying my I think it was I think it was with carrots, my eyes would sparkle when I ate my carrots or broccoli or something like that. Yes. So. Um, that's side note. I'm glad you added that in there. These colors are a good conversation piece. Mm-hmm. They're a good topic to discuss for why are these foods healthy in basic terms of their color. Mm-hmm. But also green is good. It's kind of a combination of all the healthy purposes, but specifically it's good for your immune system. Okay. Okay. So obviously we see and we know nutrition is important, but why specifically during younger ages? So in short, it sets the tone for all of our years to come. Healthy eating in the younger ages helps support growth and development It also establishes healthful eating and physical behaviors, physical activity behaviors Mm -hmm. throughout adulthood to reduce the risk of chronic diseases. Okay. Obviously, in today's world, screens are a a pretty massive thing. Uh, I mean, looking at my office, I have four computer screens right here, not including a phone and the podcast stuff and all that, tablet. Um, But kids have access to those as well. Typically. Yes. So being plopped down in front of a screen instead of being outside, they're not going to be nearly as physical or physically fit as what, say, our generations were when we were growing up without as many screens. So what do you tell parents that may have a child that's considered overweight? The number one thing that I tell them is not to fixate on calories. And that's typically not recommended by most of your clinicians. Um, Instead of calorie counting or per se strictly reducing calories, Mm -hmm. we just want to do some of those modifications or use the my plate to create healthier habits at mealtimes while also including more physical activity. It's recommended 60 minutes per day for most of our school age kids and up. Okay, and that's that's really not that difficult to attain. I, I don't think. I'm, no. As I've said before, I'm not a dad, so I don't really know how that world is going to look or how right. it looks for for people who do have kids. But I mean, you can get off work and get off. They get out of school or whatever, and go throw a football for an hour, or go, I don't know, walk, take a walk around the neighborhood or something for an hour. I don't think like I don't feel like it's too difficult to achieve. It's really not because you can break that up on the weekends into two 30-minute sessions when Mm -hmm. you're with your kids. You know, attesting to what you just said as not a parent yet, as a myself as a parent of a two-year-old, you get to see so much more through your kids when you are being active with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a great bonding time just to make sure that they're being healthier during those childhood years. We talked about this off mic, but my mom... Love her to death. She's the best person out there that I know. But uh, she used to 
like make me finish my plate when I was a kid. Or she would always say, you have to make a happy plate before you can go play or, you know, or whatever she said. And looking back on that now, I don't necessarily think I agree with that because even now when I eat a normal meal, like I, I can't always finish my plate. And there's always that little thing, the voice in the back of my head that says, you're not finishing your plate, Will. What are you doing? <laughs> so is making a happy plate like considered a good thing or a quote unquote real thing? It's real for us. Yeah. Like you said, that <laughs> yeah. was what we were taught growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, again, hard to get it out of our minds mm-hmm. the older that we get. But it's actually not a good tool for having kids finish their plate. Mm-hmm. Um, at that age, we're not teaching them good fullness cues. We're not teaching them to learn their own satiety. We're just telling them to finish the plate just because... That's what we were taught. Right. Um, so really, no, we want to make sure that they eat until they're full. And if that looks like half of the plate or if that looks like all of the plate, mm-hmm. then that's left up to that particular child. I guess a big motivational point behind that is just making sure that, you know, when your child eats, you want them to eat as much as they can then, and at least until they're full. So then 30 minutes after you get the kitchen cleaned up, they're not in there asking for, I guess, more food. Oh, yeah. So I... I guess my question here would be like, how do you, how can you tell if a child is actually full or if they're playing you so they can then get, get something? And go play. Yeah. That's a good question. I think that you almost have to see, are they coming back? You have to give it a couple of times. Okay. Makes um, sense. But also look at what's on their plate and see what they're eating. Protein tends to fill us up a little bit more. So mm-hmm. if they're eating a good amount of their meat or their beans or peas that are on the plate and leaving some of the fruit and vegetables, that's okay. They're probably full. Mm-hmm. Grains tend to fill us up pretty quickly. So if they're filling up on grains, that might be an indication that they're not actually full and they're going to come back for more. Okay. So that, again, is why balanced eating is important. Because you want to make sure they're getting something from all four of the food groups on the plate. Gotcha. Okay. So if there was a last piece of advice you could give uh, to anyone out there listening, what would it be? My last piece of advice would be that you as a parent or a guardian know your child or your family the best. Mm -hmm. You know what fits into your lifestyle that day, that week, or that month, so on and so forth. Be kind to yourself and take the heaviness away from good nutrition in the home. It's really easy when it comes down to the basics. You might have to put a little bit of thought process into that in the beginning, mm-hmm. but meal planning is so important. Write down your schedule for the week and know I'm going to be at home three days this week. Those are going to be my really good meals that we're going to try to enforce. Mm-hmm. Other times, just try to have good, healthful snacks to go with you when you're on the go okay to kind of tail end off of that make sure that you're involving your kids in what you're having to eat give them choices and let them decide that helps with exploration that helps with independence so forth and so on which are so important in the toddler and school age years Mm -hmm. for growing into the maturity and adulthood well this has been really great to sit down and talk about the child health month uh abby thanks so much for coming in today i really appreciate it and this has been really pretty informative honestly thank you absolutely listeners if you're looking to get in contact with abby or to check out the my plate 
uh, link that she talked about earlier, her contact info, and that website to my plate is going to be linked in the description. Uh, you can find both of those there. Abby, thanks again for coming in today. Thank you, Will. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.